Greetings, girlfriends share. Welcome to Girlfriend It, hosted by women for women on a variety of topics most relevant to our daily lives. Weekly, we have incredible, inspiring, and influential guests as we explore everything from why ambitious women don't quite reach their full potential to how we deal with the dailiness of life. Together, we will hear compelling stories of other individuals in hopes of one thing. How do we get to know ourselves? All right. Welcome to Girlfriend It. This is Patty Lynn Wyatt, and I will be your host today. And the last couple of weeks, we have dug a shallow hole on bad bosses and working in a toxic workplace. I want to Thank you so much for the feedback and all the questions. This topic created quite the stir of emotions. Uh, One question was, how do you get rid of the stinking seashells in your bag? And we talked a little bit about that, how you're just unpacking the uh, the craziness and how it it really does just stink up your 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 life and your daily, uh, which basically basically comes down to when you're dealing with dysfunction. Um, How do you cope with it? And so for the month of April, we are going to talk about one way to help you through the crazy. And that one way is knowing your temperament. It takes a short time to invest and the investment will last a lifetime. Um, I, I wish, and this for my temperament, this is kind of a weird thing to say. I wish people came with instructions or an owner manual, (laughs) but they, they don't. So understanding your temperament as well as the temperaments around you helps you to understand your world and how you are showing up. So this will help you not only show up at work differently, but in your marriage as well as in your your parenting. So I look forward to hearing your thoughts on uh, this topic as we tackle it for the next month. Well, I am excited because today we have a um, a guest. Uh, her name is Jessica. She's a wife, mom, owner of multiple businesses, including Thrive 139, a consulting firm dedicated to serving churches and faith-based nonprofits. Uh, she has spoken at the White House in the forum on uh, job clubs in the United States. She has been named as one of the women in Chandler, one of the women who moved the valley, and one of Phoenix's 40 under 40, along with multiple television and radio appearances. But, of course, the best thing about her, bigger than speaking at the White House, she is a terrific friend of mine, and it doesn't get any better than that. So, Jess, welcome. Thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you, Patty. So honored to be here. Uh, Okay, so for whatever reason, I have to pause right here because um, I am I'm trying to tape and it is it is not happening. So I'm I'm going to ask Jess, do you mind pushing record on your end? (laughs) It's like, I don't know what happened, but I'm like totally went out. All right. So, uh, Jess, we have we we've been friends for over a decade now. We were just talking about that when when all that took place, when the magic happened of our relationship and our friendship. <laughs> That's right. 
you were actually coaching me and and now I have been become a coach and a consultant since then and I just want to brag about you a bit so first of all besides speaking at the White House you shine Jesus in all that you do and a great example of your heart uh, just a quick story uh, back in the day when we were going into strip clubs and I always have to kind of unpack that a little bit right. uh, going into strip clubs but we used to bring cupcakes to the girls and just let them know, hey, we're, we're here for you. And if you ever need somebody to, to talk to and if you'd like to get out of this industry, then we would love to help. But basically, we just we just wanted to to sprinkle Jesus as we go in and meet and connect with some of these women. And we met so many incredible women and I will say 100 percent of the ones we connected with wanted out of the sex industry. So there was this particular story. There was a girl, she was about 18, and I'm gonna call her Jane for now because we don't have permission to share her story, but she had a tattoo uh, across her chest that said, dying to be loved. And talk about a powerful tattoo. That had such an impact on me just like the poster child of what so many of us are were screaming that inside. And yet she was bold enough to have it permanently inked into her skin, like all the way across her, her chest. And so I went up and started talking to her and asking about her tattoo. And she kind of shared her story, which, which was just phenomenal, just her story. And I, I believe she was like 13, 14 years old when she started this, this tattoo. And she wanted to express herself. She wanted to say, you know, I, I don't feel loved. I feel lonely. I feel isolated. And so as we got to know her a bit, we then said, Jess, meet, meet Jane. And from there, completely went into a transformation of exactly what we would love to do to every single woman that is in um, the sex industry. So tell a little bit about, well, actually, I'm, I'm going to brag about you a little bit more. And then I want you to tell the Jane story because uh, you you founded Career Connectors in 2009 after the economy had a personal impact on your family. And you are now the CEO and you're known as Arizona's Career Connector. Uh, Career Connectors has now served over 43,000 people in the Phoenix area and is a number four networking group, according, according to Phoenix Business Journal. So back to back to the quick story that is not so quick anymore. Uh, you spent many cra crazy hours showing up for Jane, uh, which you have three kids and your own amazing hubby that you're dealing with but you still were able to take on Jane and that transformation. So share a little bit more about what has happened to her. Well, she, um, the one thing she needed to get out of the sex industry, just like so many of these wonderful women was a job. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I got pulled in um, when you guys, uh, you know, asked me to come in. And so I worked with her over, oh man, probably about a year and a year and a half time frame. Um, there was training, funding for training for people that were, um, you know, struggling. And so I was able to get her some funding. Uh, we got her into dental school and she became a dental assistant. Um, that wasn't her, she didn't love that job. So we kept pursuing and 
um, she really wanted to go more into an office setting, a corporate environment. So she landed at a call center um, and now she's working at another call center and has continued to work her way up in that call center. And um, it just was a life-changing moment. Um, one of the things she said to me that I'll never, ever forget was when I was growing up, my dad told me I could either sell drugs or mm. strip for a living. Like those were her two options. Mm. And mm. I thought everyone in the world needs to understand their opportunities. And especially yeah. if you're living in the United States, there's no way you shouldn't know about the opportunities available. And so uh, I, it just broke my heart. And, I, and that's when we just said, she just needs to be poured into. And her tattoo said it. She was yeah. dying to be loved. She needed somebody to care about her and help her. Yeah. It's interesting. And this is going down a, a whole different trail because we're going to be talking about temperaments. But you said something that, uh, you know, Girlfriend It is all about your divine design. And we were created for something that is is so much bigger than what we could ever ask or imagine. I always think of Ephesians 3.20. But with with someone like Jane, that there's a lot in that culture where they are told at a very young age to find a, a good pimp. I mean, they are just poured into and... They, <laughs> Talk about, you know, finding your your purpose. They're told at a very young age, just like you said, what her father said, because they think if they get someone that's going to take care of them and and provide for them in that fashion, then then they've they've scored big. And you hear that a lot. And it, and it just it's sad. It breaks your heart because I always think of if we all just took on one and mentored one and guided and coached one, what our world would would look like so um with that tell us a little bit more because like jane's a perfect story of how you you were able she she was willing for one thing and then you took her along and you go through training you you provide a resume uh tell us a little bit more of how you you got into that how you got into that work and like you said in 2009 your own family was in a space yeah, so uh, 2009, the recession hit, and many people were affected. Um, specifically, my husband was laid off three times in six months. I was running a staffing business and um, in the construction and real estate land development industry, and that entire <clears throat> entire industry was annihilated overnight. Mm. And so um, we decided, my business partners and I decided to shut that business down. And so liter literally, my husband and I were like, not working one day. <laughs> we were so confused. Um, we have three kids. And at the time I had an infant, a two-year-old and a 10-year-old. And we were kind of like living the dream uh, in the house and the development, like all the stuff. And, um, you know, we look back now and it, we just kind of chuckle. It was like a, a sad country song. We lost our house. We lost our car, you know, so Looking back now, we can laugh about it, but it was really painful in the moment. Well, I woke up one morning after Mark and I had done some really dedicated prayer time, and I woke up one morning, and it was May of 2009, and I said to Mark, I know what I want to do, and he's like, yes, what is it? We got to figure this out, and I said, I want to volunteer, <laughs> mm. and he's like, babe, 
<laughs> that doesn't pay the bills. Not the time. Not the time to do your volunteer. <laughs> and so um, he said, but, you know, I don't, I can't really argue with you if you said God called you to that, which I don't throw that out very often. Um, and I said, I don't know what it is, but I feel this burden. And so I called my local church and I asked them if they could give me a room. And in that room, I started inviting people to help them write their resumes. And within three months, um, we just exploded. And we had um, 350 people show up to an event one night. I was like, the TV was there, radio station was there. And I was like, what is happening? And so we've turned into a full nonprofit and um, we run events, uh, three or four events every single month. We provide resume resources, um, career coaches, LinkedIn coaches, employer connections. And we do that um, and it's free to our community. And it's just been awesome to be able to help uh, over 40,000 people get jobs. Absolutely. And that's what's so interesting. When you're trying to discover, like, there's several people right now, especially with the pandemic, that are going, who am I? Like, I do not like showing up for for my job anymore. And I think that's why, like I said, in the last couple episodes of Horrible Bosses, people are, are just in this place where it's toxic. Uh, you know, we, we don't like staring at the computer all day long. And finding, I mean, I, I think there's always going to be something about your job that you don't absolutely love. So whenever I talk that way, my husband, he'll kind of roll his eyes like, Patty, like you wake up at a 10. <laughs> Some people don't wake up at a 10. They wake up at a two and then they have to think of all the things that they're grateful for. So when you're like, I love life, I love what I do. It's like, no, that's why it's called a job. And, you, you know, you have to show up. But it's interesting when exactly what you did that it's like, okay, God, where's the gap? Where, where's the big hole here that I feel like I can help fill that void. I can use my skills, my talents, my strengths, my gifts and fill that void. And he will not waste any of your experiences, any of your skills. And it's, it's crazy when you really start going, oh, because often when we're highly gifted, which is, you know, you, you have this amazing strength to help people, then you can pinpoint it. And sometimes it starts out doing exactly that. You might not be making money That's right. doing this. That's right. And lo and behold, but you're filling a gap and then it ends up turning into this, this massive you know, it exploded into this massive success. So then what, what transpired? So, um, so since then, um, I also then launched another business to help churches in their hiring. So that's my Thrive 139 business. I've been running that for 10 years and I've just seen such a transition when you work, when people go to jobs that they're um, they care about, they're passionate about, but then also they find the right match for their style, for their culture, for the company that they're working for. It just, it, it takes it to another level. Like the pastors and the ministry staff that I've been able to hire, and even in corporate America, the people that I've helped hire, when it's a match for you and you're on fire, like it changes everything. Yeah. It changes the way you do life. It changes the way you show up. Um, 
you had said something about, you know, this kind of time around with people, if they're getting laid off or they're like hating their jobs. So I called, or we called the 2009 recession, the great recession, if you remember. I have been calling this time period, the great reset. Mm. So kind of a resetting of priorities, a resetting of jobs. So many people right now are not that they're, I mean, some people did get laid off for sure, but those unemployment numbers are coming back down. But what the, what is happening is they're resetting their mind on what is important. Yeah. They're, you know, they're getting a chance to work from home. They're, they're do, having to do different things. And if they have a terrible boss, like your last series, if they have a terrible boss, they're not being respected or they're not working within their gifts, that stress has been on them for a while. And it's time they're like, I don't want to be just doing a job to do a job. I need to be able to do something that I care about and that I'm respected for. And yeah. that's not a, that's not a hard ask. We should all be doing something that we care about and are respected for, um, even though a part of our job is we don't love, you know, kind of the 80, 20 rule, the 20, you, not, you're not going to be a 10 all the time. Like Patty Wyatt all the time, every day, <laughs> but it, you should be care about what you're doing and you should be able to be gifted in that area by your match of your culture match or your uh, temperament match. Yeah. I, you know what that I, I appreciate that. I'm going to write that down. We went from the great recession to now the great reset because so, so true. So last week I had the opportunity to train U.S. Navy and I was so excited because I grew up, my dad was in the Navy and I just, it was such an honor. And I thought it was interesting because it was, it was all on how do we work with these multi-generations? And I know once again, we want to talk about the temperament types but the temperament also falls into the generation, the era of how you grew up. And, you know, growing up, even though my dad went from, you know, the Navy into law enforcement, there's an authoritarian parenting that takes place mm -hmm. there. And that's what we talked about in this training is that if that is the way that you're leading, sometimes it doesn't show up on Zoom. And the reason why, when you have that militaristic, you know, you're going to go do this and do that. And when I say jump, you say how high. It's like that kind of went out in the 90s. And we have to do this shift to go, okay, how can I be a transformational leader so I can take in the temperament types? And I also now have to take in the different generations. Because if I am saying, you know, jump, and you're not saying how high, instead of you're, you're asking me why, why should I jump? <laughs> why do you want me to do that? Because the, the millennials and Generation Z, you know, they use those cheat sheets when they play the game. They want to know what, what happens at the end. And I'll back into it to make sure I'm doing it in the smartest fashion. I'll, I'm going to do it in the easiest way I can. I don't want to work hard. I want to work smart. And there, there's nothing wrong with that. But in that, you're questioning authority that doesn't happen. You know, you, you just don't, like, I, I remember one time questioning my dad, he would work three days on cause he did the helicopter uh, where he would go in and, and, you know, rescue. And then he would come home. Well, he came home one night early and I was going to a basketball game and he said, you're not going anywhere. I'm, I'm home. I've been gone for three days. It is family time. And it was like, 
but they're outside ready to pick me up to go to the game. <laughs> you will stay here. And I remember asking him why. And I'll never ask him why after that. You know, it was one of those things. You do not ask why. But what was so funny about that evening is that he sat there and watched, you know, like Three's Company, you know, some stupid show that I couldn't watch. I couldn't be a part of this family evening. And I'll, I'll never forget that. And that's what we have to remember. Like, what temperament are you dealing with? What generation are you dealing with? And all of that comes into play. But it is interesting because on Zoom, it doesn't translate very well because you know, the next morning I got to wake up with my dad and I, I had fun dad, right? And so you can forgive what happened the night before, kind of. Obviously, there's a little bit of bitterness because I'm still talking about it <laughs> right. years later. So, but you, you, you go, you know, I'm not going to see you in the hallway to get fun boss, to get, hey, how was your weekend or how you're doing? I only witnessed the authoritative boss. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole Zoom virtual world has been very difficult. I was just having this conversation yesterday. If you happen to be a temperament, a one specific temperament, and I think we're going to dive into this disc a little bit, but there's a temperament called a high I, which are kind of the people, the huggers, the loud and proud kind of folks. Those, in my belief, just my own data collection, not official, but is those are the folks that have struggled the most being on Zoom because yeah. they can't feel the person's energy. They can't, yeah. you know, hug them. And, you know, so obviously mostly extroverts here. The introverts are like, hey, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I don't want to turn my camera on. <laughs> so, right. so, you know, there are some temperaments that have really, that have struggled more because of that and not being able to see people face to face. Yeah. Absolutely. And Jess, you said something that's funny. Um, we're both high eyes. We we probably are twinsy when it comes to our temperament because we're high D, which is that, you know, fast paced, uh, driven by results, and then both high eyes, which, you know, enthusiasm, we, we love the social aspect, and we love people to love us. I mean, that's the bottom line, right? It's like, yeah. I introduced you as just simply because you're a friend of mine is what has made you so amazing on earth is <laughs> that's just who we are. Like, but it, it's funny because you said, um, this, this isn't research here as you're talking about how the eyes are taking in zoom. That's just your, uh, you know, survey basically. And the difference of our temperaments, because if it's my survey, it's my research that I'm just looking at daily, then it, it is golden and it should be in <laughs> Forbes magazine. <laughs> right. Why not? I, of course it should. I, that is the definite answer. <laughs> I act like I've done all this research. I'll be like, research shows and then someone will go and where mainly my husband and where did you get that research? And it's like, well, I've been watching this for a week. Okay. <laughs> It's true. It's true. We're very confident in our temperament. So my husband... but, but then if somebody like points it out, you're like, oh yeah, I guess I don't really know that. Like we're also willing to take at least, you know, once again, I'm saying we like all yeah. eyes are willing to take ownership. Uh, but yeah, it's like, we just, we say it and it's, it's like, yeah, no, this is golden. 
and until somebody proves us wrong and you go, oh yeah, well, oh yeah, sorry about that. Good information, sorry. (laughs) And every temperament kind of has their pluses and their minuses and you know, it's both that particular one, the confidence and that's like a a plus, but then we're also willing to be like, I'm wrong, I'm sorry, it's okay. We don't have a problem usually saying sorry. If you took notes on that topic that I just talked about for the last hour, scrap it. (laughs) Just scrap it. I've been proven wrong. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we want to do. And now we only have five more minutes uh, till the end of the show. But this has been great. And I, I just truly, it's an honor, Jessica, to have you on. And it's exciting because I'm going to have you on for all the entire month of April talking about the temperament types. And like I said, we're going to focus uh, our next episode more on the career. Then we'll focus on parenting and then how it it happens in in our marriage, how that kind of unfolds. But I do want to share with us DISC. Like I kind of briefly said the D, the I, the S. No, I just said the D and the I, and that was it. So go go ahead and talk about that because we have like four minutes before the show is over. So DISC is an acronym. Uh, D stands for dominance, and that's how you handle problems and challenges. I stands for influence, and that's how you handle people, uh, connections. Uh, the S stands for steadiness, and so that's, that's how you handle pace. And the C stands for conscientious, which is how you handle details and data. And so um, everybody, if, if when you take a DISC assessment, you every single person is rated um, not good or bad, just on a scale of high to low. And so, so you're probably going to be high in one or two areas. Occasionally, we'll get somebody that's high in three areas. High, again, doesn't mean good or bad. Um, what it also means is that you're low in a couple areas. And so, Patty, you and I are high DI, but we're also both probably low SC. And so, it's not one style. So, yes, you may have some D traits. You also have some I traits. And you also are lower in your C. So that says something about you or me as well. So everyone has that continuum of where you plot on the whole chart. And so um, the D is, um, or the S, just to park on that for a minute, the S is around steadiness. So if you're more slow uh, processor, more methodical, then you're probably higher S. If you are, you know, you don't really think before you where you jump in, you don't really, there are rules that you, you break all the rules, like rules were meant to be broken, you're definitely probably lower on the S. Um, And I is really that data person. And so if you are really good with budgets or numbers or details or data or quality, that kind of stuff, high C. And then again, if you're, you're low C, if you don't, you know, you maybe don't have a budget or um, you don't really like to look at that stuff. So it's a continuum. That's what it stands for. Yeah. Awesome. And it's it's interesting because you were saying, you know, both of us are high D and high I and, you know, low on the that S and C. And I think why one of the reasons why I love figuring out who I am is because once you know how you're operating and you're operating out of your strengths, you don't beat yourself up so much on your weaknesses. You know, I, I, I still beat myself up because there are certain things like the details that that I do need. 
And I'll go, what were you thinking? <laughs> oh, yes. A detail that was significant. And you, yes. and you go, how in the world did I even miss that? So you do beat yourself up, but you can also give yourself grace when you understand. But, you know, I also cranked it over here and I rocked this part of it and I hit the target on this aspect and, and stopped being That's right. because you, you miss those details. Uh, well, once again, thank you so much, Jessica. We are going to end the show on on this of come back because we just hit the, uh, I don't know, the iceberg, I guess the tip of the yes, iceberg. Yes, the tip of the iceberg, yes. Yes, and we will be back here um, next week to talk a little bit more in detail. It's an honor to be with you today, and thanks for sharing your valuable time with us. And we are in it together. Thank you, Patty. Thanks for listening to Girlfriend It because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747.